the focus with Vessel of Change is really understanding that we all want to make an impact in our own special way. The idea is to do what's right for the greater good in our own way. Welcome to The Compassionate Creative, the podcast that shares the stories of creative leaders who work to pave a path forward in their industries and do so with compassion, authenticity, and integrity. I'm your host, Charlene Dinger, a fellow creative who is inspired by artists and innovators that push their work forward from a place of compassion. I hope you join me on this journey. Stay curious, listen with an open heart and mind, and hopefully we will all find some inspiration along the way. Hello, lovely, lovely listener. Thank you so much for joining me today here on the podcast. It has been been a couple of weeks. I hope you've been doing well. I'm back again with a wonderful guest episode. Today, my guest is Alvi Baleo. Alvi is a um, a friend of mine that I met through uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, and um, we met through a really beautiful workshop. And we recently collaborated, so I really wanted to have her on the podcast and. Uh, Alvi is a business alchemist and founder of Vessel of Change. So we get into what exactly a business alchemist is, her work as a coach, consultant, and co-creator. Um, and Alvi is the, uh, as I said, the founder of Vessel of Change, the managing consultant of Vessel of Change, and she has developed her expertise in all of these different roles through a wide range of jobs in finance, publishing, communications, and many other industries. So we definitely get into how she has sort of wrapped that into the work that she's doing now. If you're curious about the collaboration that her and I did, we had our 21 uh, 21 day flow challenge, um, which is all up on both of our Instagrams. Um, it was a really beautiful uh, movement journey, movement for healing journey, and just a really wonderful exploration. So be sure to check that out if you're curious about what we did together. And something new that Alvi is actually going to be putting out really soon is um, a series called Explore Your Tab. So she actually works with different businesses, uh, different creators, um, even within sort of taboo industries. Again, this is something that we, we, we talk about in the podcast. And so be sure to check out her work. I'll make sure that she's linked or that I've linked everything in the notes. Um, so she's got a lot of really wonderful things coming up, some really beautiful experiences. She shares her journey and it's a really wonderful conversation. So let's dive right into it. Here we go with Alvi Baleo. So today I am welcoming my guest and my friend Alvi to the podcast. Hi, Alvi. Thanks for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Of course. Um, I love the way that we connected. I love the way that this, you know, relationship and collaboration has has grown because we were introduced to each other through a mutual friend, a mutual sister of ours, um, Amy. And, you know, I feel like the 
the workshop that we did through Amy really brought us together in a very special way, in a very magical way, for lack of a a better word, because Mm -hmm. essentially the workshop that we were doing was about magic and rediscovering and reclaiming our personal magic. So I love that that's where this has like blossomed from. Um, and I love that you're also Canadian, but you're based in Belgium right now. So this is like a whole international situation, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Alvi, I always start with the same first question for my guests. And that is, how have you shown yourself compassion today? Ooh, I love the timing of this question um, because I was struggling with that this morning. And it's just really... One of the things for me that came up in terms of compassion is I get very defiant, Um, defiant Mm -hmm. when there is um, work to be done internally. Um, And it's work. um, September is always a season where things from the previous year start showing up again, the things that I have Mm -hmm. not resolved. And it'll Mm -hmm. show up in ways that are, are jarring to me. And I know it's work that I have to do. And I recognize that there was a lot of work done through the year, but the stuff that hasn't been resolved shows up. And I get very Mm. frustrated with that um, because obviously I want to know that I'm doing well and I want these issues to not be coming back. And there's this defiance of even acknowledging what the issue is. Um, And the Mm. only way I can really get over that is one, I have a good talk with my coach (laughs) and mentor, Mm -hmm. but really acknowledge that it's there for a reason. It's not there to kind of taunt me, but to give me an opportunity to address Mm. it again. So instead of being defiant and angry that it comes up again, um, it's really coming at it with this this view of like, hey, you have another chance. The universe is Mm. giving you another chance to address it. Don't be upset Mm -hmm. with yourself. Either decide and take the opportunity and, and recognize that it is one or let it go right. and, and realize mm-hmm. that, hey, okay, I need some more time. It's okay that this is coming up. I'm okay with going through another cycle mm-hmm. of learning the lesson. Mm-hmm. But it's really the compassion in giving myself that chance. Yeah. And, and like you said, even like half the battle sometimes is just acknowledging what it is that's coming up, whether that's an emotion, whether it's, you know, this recurring cycle of something that is internally happening again. So I think that's really beautiful. And I think that it's, it's so important to, to acknowledge those, those things and to be really gentle with those things too, because it's, um, I feel like it's just going to keep recurring if we keep coming at it um, without that, that, that kindness and that compassion. Cause then it's just, it just makes it so much harder to transition out of that. It's, it's interesting because it's like, it is, it's really like a nudge from universe, from spirit to just be like, this is still here. You know, this is something that we, we need to look at, that we need to acknowledge and it's okay. Right. I think giving yourself that space to know that it's okay for these things to continue to come up because then it is, it's just like that, that friendly, gentle reminder that you're a human being, you know, in all of the things that you do and in all of the support that you give to others as a coach and, um, you know, with all of your clients that you work with, I think it's really important to give that back to yourself too. So that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. (laughs) 
Yeah. So you've had a really interesting, I would say, and colorful uh, career and, you know, um, transition into the work that you're doing now. So, you know, based on what you've shared with me and things that I obviously did some research and, you know, I see like there's finance in your background, there's publishing, communications, you know, in, in a lot of these like bigger corporate industries, that's sort of where your your background is. Mm-hmm. And now there's this transition into like a coach, you're a speaker and a healing space. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, and so I wonder what that... What was sort of the catalyst for you to move away from this, this, you know, the more more corporate work into the work that you're doing now as more of a healer in more of a healing space? You're still within like the, the businesses because you're still working with those industries, but I think in a completely different capacity. So yeah. what what was the yeah, like what was the catalyst to kind of move you forward into what you're doing now? So honestly, if I reflect back on my childhood, I think childhood is an indication of really what we're meant to do. So as a mm-hmm. child, um, one of the things I said is I want to be a journalist because I have this thing of asking and researching. And as I got older, it just, oh, no, I don't want to go down that direction. But also as a child, I was very hands on, like massage like my mother mm. used to always get migraines and I would always help with massaging her and kind of like people with headaches. And, and at one point I was like, I would love to be a massage therapist and, mm. and help people in that way. Cause I I'm very intuitive with like pain in the body yeah. and just like touching people and like, Oh, this is a point. You, like, there's something there. Um, but then as mm. I got older, I kind of got grossed out by touching people. Um, mm. And I understand now the, the energy behind that. Um, I was like, totally. oh, I don't know, because I'm really picky about hygiene and this and that. But I've mm. always like when it comes to myself and my family, just always interested in the body and healing and what touch can do. And I kind of slowly let that go. And got into corporate for some reason. Um, Mm. And I got into corporate really supporting by supporting leaders. Um, So I always had this kind of executive assistant role. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I started, I was working for one of the big banks in Toronto. And it started as a summer job. And I ended up not finishing school because I'm like, well, people go to school to get into a place like this. So I'm just going to stay here. And Mm -hmm. um, I remember applying for the executive assistant role for the CEO of one of the banks. And okay. <laughs> I think it was youth and being naive. I'm just like, go, no fear at, what all, at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I applied for it and I got it. And I remember people saying, why would you apply? You're so young, but good, good on you for trying. Mm-hmm. And I just got mm-hmm. sucked into that, that kind of environment, really always supporting Mm. leaders. Um, But I felt like, no, I don't want to be doing this. I need to be a leader myself and do other stuff. And as the role kind of developed and I moved around, you know, I I moved to Australia. um, I ended up working there, ended up in Belgium, always had this role within corporate and an international role supporting, whether it be VPs or execs. Um, And at one point I was not happy but I felt bad for not being happy because I had a good job, mm. really great colleagues yeah. and a great, I would say, great home environment, you know. Um, mm. And I remember the root of feeling kind of 
ill at ease was that I really wanted freedom. And for me, mm. freedom looked like being able to work when I said I wanted to work, being able mm -hmm. to travel whenever I wanted to travel, basically just being able to decide what I'm doing when I'm doing it. And the job I had was great. Like, especially in Europe, we have great holidays. You know, right. I could take three to four weeks off, no problem. But I still had to ask someone for permission. And I still yeah. had to work around someone's schedule. And I still had to find times where that was appropriate. Um, and then, you know, I would go through the cycle of going back to Canada, visiting people, coming back. And just mm -hmm. what I thought was homesickness was, I want to say, slightly more of a depression. I wouldn't mm -hmm. acknowledge back then, but now I mm -hmm. do. And mm -hmm. just not feeling right. And then feeling guilty about wanting more because I had a good life and a good situation and other people would kill to be in my situation. Right. Made right. it even worse because here I am mm -hmm. not being grateful and, and mm -hmm. not being satisfied with what I had because I wanted more. I envisioned much more for myself. And it was mm -hmm. just this cycle of constant like um, disappointment and and shame and guilt for wanting more mm. and not being grateful. Mm -hmm. And I think um, there came a point in my career where um, somebody had come to me for another position outside of the company. And I knew it was a risk. And I went for it because what the, the role looked great. Um, and it mm -hmm. ended up not working out. I was miserable there. But that mm -hmm. needed to happen in order for me to be forced to leave the corporate environment. Like I had right. to be really miserable and I had to be well surrounded by people who were miserable um, yeah. to that was what it took for me to make a change in my situation because I was so mm -hmm. comfortable with my previous position. I loved everyone. I mean, yeah, I couldn't complain about it aside from the fact that my soul, there was not something it was not fulfilled. Yeah. There was just something it was the I mean, ideally, if you looked at it, the best situation. And I was comfortable, but my soul was not happy. And then mm -hmm, this guilt of mm -hmm. being unhappy. And then taking this opportunity that seemed great and having it not work out and put me in a situation that was really, really uncomfortable um, was what I needed. Some people may not need to go that far to, right. to decide I'm just going to, you know, take the leap on my own. But it took yeah. me being in that situation to really decide that's it. I'm out of mm -hmm. it, right? Um, mm. and, and it's, I think it's just people have their limits, you know, they say you have to hit yeah. rock bottom before you can, you know, improve yeah. your situation. Some people don't need to yeah. hit rock bottom. <laughs> Some yeah. people just need, yeah, you know, oh, sure. this didn't work out. I'm not going to do that again. Um, but that's yeah. what it took for me. And then, um, being in a situation where it was like, well, I'm not going to come home feeling ill every day. Mm. Let's do something about it. And then really starting to pursue what I wanted, which in itself was mm -hmm. not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot in that that sounds, you know, really familiar. And I'm sure anybody that's listening is going to also be able to connect to that, too, because it's so interesting to hear that it's like I'm in a great position. I'm, you know, I'm making money like, you know, there's 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 everything is good, but there's something missing. Right. And then it's like, it's like, we're programmed to have that guilt. It's like, we're programmed to be like, well, I need to be grateful for this though. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm doing the things, you know, I'm successful. And 
it's so interesting to hear you say like there was that guilt and there was that shame, but it's really like just listening to that calling and list tuning into what your soul is actually asking for. And I think that's the part that unless you're really quite um, self-aware, unless you are doing that work to really understand that it's okay to be listening to those 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 voices, to that that instinct, to what your soul is asking for, um, a lot of people will just kind of let that pass, mm-hmm. right? And I think just and which is which is fine because again, if you're in a good place, if you're you know, you're, you're able to sustain yourself. You're able to support your family. It's obviously that that feels like the right thing to be doing. Right. But I love that you were able to tune into that and you were able to, to listen to that and give, again, give yourself that space to know like, okay, this is actually not the right thing for me. This is not the right place for me to be in. Um, what what else can I be doing? What more can I be giving not only to myself, but to other people? Um, and I love that you were able to 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 make that leap because it's re- it's really, really difficult. There's I've had other people that have shared similar stories, like I had the best corporate job, like I was making all the money, you know, and it just wasn't it wasn't enough, right? And I think there's there's a lot of creatives out there that have, that same feeling too, right? It's like, okay, I feel like a lot of people went through this transition too throughout the pandemic. I think that was quite eye-opening as far as, you know, people getting back in touch with their creativity, people starting their own businesses, their Mm -hmm. own creative businesses, because it's what they've always wanted to do. It's what their soul has always been asking for, but there was never that space for it. And I think that that was one of the silver linings or one of the benefits of what we, you know, collectively went through. I think people were kind of given a little bit more space to discover what it is that they really, really wanted to do. So it's interesting for me to to hear that. And um, again, it just it just brings me back to this like sense of self awareness that you have to have in order to listen to that to that instinct. Yeah, so that's really great that you did that for yourself. Even upon reflection, like I could have stayed on that path, but what I know Mm -hmm. now is I was not present for most of that time. Right, right. Um, And it's like a pity because I look at at, at that time and I had the birth of my two children, a lot Mm -hmm. going on and it just went by so quickly. And to recall certain moments, it was just so difficult even now because I'm like, hey, I must have been on autopilot. Totally. And, yep. and yep. even now, like it's a constant struggle to be present um, yes. in every day, right? Every, every yes. day, every moment, just be present because it's in the little moments where the big change is made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in my journey of self-awareness, the more I'm aware of certain things, the little things, the more I see progress. And it could be something as little as when I'm working out and breathing, Breath mm-hmm. is very important. And mm-hmm. I have noticed mm-hmm. like in the last couple months, I hold my breath or I don't breathe, but breath is spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I mean, if you work out, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this concept of like when it becomes difficult, I just try to like 
beast mode through it. So I'll hold right, my breath push and just through. push yep. through it. Yep. But mm-hmm. that little action right there is me disconnecting. Totally. And just wanting to do the reps and get it done. And I, my coach will mm-hmm. call me out and she's like, what are you doing? You've stopped right. breathing. Right. Breathing is spirit. Spirit is mm-hmm. mean, meaning you're connected. And that when she sees that when I'm working out, it's a big indication of how I'm dealing with certain things in my life still, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I get, mm-hmm. breathing is such an essential, it's, it's like we need it to live. It's life. It's yes. life. Yes. So if I'm mm-hmm. taking a moment to just hold that in, just to kind of speed through the motion to get through it right. without breathing, I know that in certain areas of my life, when it gets stressful, when it gets difficult, mm-hmm. I'm still going on autopilot and not yeah. experiencing the moment. But it's the, it's not the getting through that moment to do the reps that mm-hmm. gets me where I need to be. It's experiencing the pain and the discomfort of like, totally, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. And being in that moment and like, you know, connecting to your body and understanding like what it's actually doing yeah. to to, to, to make that movement happen. Right. So understanding yeah, it's, the it's, threshold, it's, the pain, exactly. accepting mm-hmm, the discomfort mm-hmm. of like, I cannot breathe. I still got to squat. <laughs> it's yes, it's um, yeah, an absolutely. experience that leads to more afterwards. But if I don't experience it, or if I rush through it, it's like a wasted moment because I'm not getting mm. what I need from that moment. Mm. And if I look back mm-hmm. on my life previously, that's literally what has been happening, but more, you know, on a constant level. Whereas now it's more, mm-hmm. I can be present in most of yeah. the day. And, you know, when it gets really hard, there's that yes. escape mechanism that's still habitual and will come back. Of course. Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. And again, it's being aware of that and noticing when that happens and realizing when that happens, then that's in that moment where you can be like, okay, whether it is regrounding in breath or whatever, you know, practices you have to be able to just like come back into the moment. Um, I think it's, this, it's I, I think of it the same way as like, I think of my yoga practice, right? It's like, okay, what are the tools that I have that, you know, I develop on the mat, that connection to my breath, like regrounding, you know, this uh, like two feet on the floor, right? Like just be still for a moment and get yourself collected before we move into the next thing. It's like, okay, what can I take off of the mat through those practices into those everyday challenges, right? And knowing that, okay, I've done this practice. I I, I know what I need to do is just applying it when, when those challenges come up. So it's interesting to be able to kind of transfer those, those skills, those tools that you're learning in, in, in other practices too. So that's wonderful. It's such a, a a cool story. And I think, again, I really love that, you know, there's always sort of been that connection to yourself and that understanding of yourself. And um, now as it translates into the work that you're doing with Vessel of Change, which mm-hmm. is your, your business, yeah. um, can you kind of speak to 
what Vessel of Change is, what is the actual work that you're doing. I have, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what is a business alchemist? I'm sure you get that question all the time because it's the first time I've ever seen that term used. Yeah. So I would love to know what that journey was, like how how did you get this started? Um, you know, what is the work that you're doing and, and all of the beautiful work that you're sharing? It's funny that you ask because even now I notice that I'm going through a transition. So when initially I started my business, I was like, you know what, I'm going to help people who want to start business, who are passionate, who are creative, and who are multifaceted, because I always found it difficult to kind of tell people what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. because I'm doing so many things, and I didn't want to limit myself. And as I go through the journey, it's about niching. But it seems like, it seems so counter intuitive that if I want to be involved in so many things that I would niche myself. But that's Mm -hmm. something that as you get into the journey of starting your own business, that's what happens. And so initially, I remember starting off doing, um, really, the idea was to do retreats. Um, Mm -hmm. I had this concept. And before I started that, people told me I had to do it several different ways. But in my heart, I felt like if I just did it the way I wanted to initially, I would have gained a lot of knowledge. And and Yep. Progressed. But I, I mm-hmm. did what um, I was told to do. Um, and then it just led me down this path of developing. And the journey of like, hey, I want to start a business was really like, hey, I'm going on a really, really deep self-awareness and self-realization yeah. journey. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, this idea to start a business, I was willing I was ready to do the work required to start a business but what the work was was completely different to what I thought it would be and I think two years down into like developing this business this business development business that Mm -hmm. I had yes yes god it's like what have I done? I'm like, I'm dealing with like personal development. And then I started to see my clients and a lot of clients would hire me for business development. And it's now Mm -hmm. that I'm like a couple of years into it. When I look back, I look at my clients and yes, they hired me for business solutions. But when I look Mm -hmm. at our sessions, we had very deep personal sessions. I had clients like Mm -hmm. have breakdowns and cry in sessions. Mm -hmm. And then as Mm -hmm. I'm doing marketing for my business, I'm like, well, how do I market this? Because if I speak about this, like if you hire a business consultant, you don't expect to have like emotional breakdowns and and, um, go into deep personal (laughs) dives. Yeah. 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 And but every client, it was like like that. And I really resisted this call to call myself a coach because Mm -hmm, I look mm -hmm. at my coaches with such respect. And I, Mm -hmm. like my coach has told me, you got to stop putting us on a pedestal Um, because I look at them like they know so much. So I would Mm -hmm. not dare to call myself a coach or or Mm -hmm. someone even remotely in that area. Um, But it's just coming to the realization that the journey I have taken, others will take and they're not as far in the journey. Um, I don't know everything, but I do know Mm -hmm. some things that will be helpful. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, I think recently that I'm really starting to embrace that and and really saying, maybe I really just need to embrace this healing aspect of the business and and 
by default, I'm helping entrepreneurs. I'm helping yes. alternative leaders. Vessels of Change was created, and it's still something that's very valid, was created to really support the individual. So it's a community of individuals promoting individualism and teaching mm. each individual, helping each individual to be their own vessel of change. Because we all are. Mm. And we have our mm -hmm. own special gifts and our own special way of doing it. And I remember when I initially started like developing vessels of change, I was like, is this going to be a business? Is it going to be a community? Mm. Is it going to be a movement? And I really didn't want it to be a community or a movement because I didn't want to be beholden, be beholden to the community or a group of people. Because I find when you get into movements, the core of what, what you want to start up as, as an individual sometimes changes because all of a sudden mm -hmm. people have a certain idea of how things should be. Totally. The focus with Vessel of Change is really understanding that we all want to make an impact in our own special way. So we're not mm. all going to be vegans. We're not yeah. all going to be feminists. And some of our missions may seem contradictory, but that's because of personal mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to do what's right for the greater good in our own way and not be judgmental. It's, it's a community of individuals as opposed to creating mm -hmm. a community where everyone kind of adapts their views on how to do things to fit into the community. Mm -hmm. I want everybody mm -hmm. to have their mm -hmm. own views and have a support yeah. system where they can feel like I can be myself. I don't have to change my opinion of what I think needs to be done to change the world to fit into this community. And that's mm -hmm. really the essence of, I, of what I want Vessels of Change to be about, is really mm -hmm. to support that individual thought and idea because we need the different thoughts and ideas. Yes, yes, of course, of course. And yeah, how I go so about wonderful. piecing everything that I do with that is now the beauty of it. Because everything yeah. that I get involved in does make sense. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's just one, whether or not I want to figure out how to communicate that to everyone and, and make them mm -hmm. see that it makes sense. But deep down in my heart, mm -hmm. I know it makes sense. So it's really right. coming to this realization like, you know what? when you know your mission, when you're grounded in self-understanding, there is no need to explain to people. Um, my coach said to me today that her coach said to her, um, you can never say the wrong thing to the right person. And you can never say the right mm -hmm. thing to the wrong person. So it really doesn't matter. That makes so much sense. And that, you know, it it's it's really beautiful because I just see this, you know, this collective of of creatives that it really just sounds like you are supporting those endeavors and you're just kind of giving them that that guidance and sort of, you know, setting out that path like you can you are an individual. Right. And especially as artists, as creatives, as entrepreneurs, that's what the world needs is those individual voices, right? We're not meant to be creating the same things. We're not meant to be, we all have that, that special magic that, that the world needs as, as individuals. And so I think it's really important to remind ourselves of that too, because sometimes when we get into our processes, it's like, okay, what's, 
what's cool, what's trending, what's, you know, what are the, what is, what is going to be popular, especially now with social media in the way that it is like, what's going to get those likes, you know? And I think once you kind of step back from that and you come back to, as you said, the essence of what your voice is, what your work is, what your magic is, that's when that true creativity is going to flow. And that's when, you know, your your most authentic self is going to show. And I love that you're supporting these people through that and, and helping them to develop their businesses. And um, it's interesting because I see a lot of myself in that journey as well, because as I like to say, there's all these different hats that we wear, right? And it's really just about all of our experiences coming into this vessel, you know, and then us just figuring out how do I use all of these experiences? How do I share all of these experiences in a way that makes sense, like you said, right? And because it's like, I am a teacher, I am a mentor, I am this, I am this, I'm a creative. And it's, I, I was recently just having a conversation with one of my really good friends and, um, you know, I think it's also, it's like, okay, well, what are you putting out there? It's like, oh, well, this is my brand. So this is what people are going to know me for. But also I still like to do this. Like I still, you know, love to dance. I still love to put myself out there with, with my work, but it might just not be that that's what my main focus is right now. So it's also that perception of how people are like, okay, well, she does this. So I guess that's all she's into, right? But we're so multifaceted. We're so layered. And I love that that's what you're promoting and what you're uplifting and um, what you're allowing people to share. So I thank you for the work that you're doing. And I highly encourage everybody that's listening to check out Alvi's work because it's really beautiful. And um, I've really enjoyed uh, being kind of checking out that, that journey that you're on too. So looking forward to seeing what else is coming for you, Alvi. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I am too. It's not easy. It's, um, Mm -hmm. I find that the path I've chosen is always going to be challenging because even as I made that mission statement, um, part, there's a a statement, you know, I support taboo businesses, which I even had to like really think about, but the Mm -hmm. businesses that were coming to me were things that were like, (gasps) would scare me. I'm like, but Mm. it was coming to me. Um, and then yeah. if I look at the path that I've always taken, even with family and 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 how I am naturally, um, I have always been kind of the sp- spokesperson for uneasy subjects. I was like, I was known mm. for that person. I'm like, oh, in my family, you know, because we have a, a, a right and, and and the community that I was in, it was like you, you speak a certain way. There's topics that you don't talk about, topics that you know are off limits. And I was mm-hmm. always one to mm-hmm. kind of delve into it, um, and or if somebody had wanted to say something, they would say, "Alvi, you know what? Can you say this?" So at the same time, they would critique me for being, you know, a mouthy person to- in a respectful way. Like they they just didn't yeah. like that I would talk about certain topics. But mm-hmm. then again, at the same time, mm-hmm. when they had something uncomfortable to talk about, who who was the mouthpiece that they would go to? So right. that became very, um, it's something that's always stood out to me. And then as I was yeah. developing in the business, these, you know, taboo businesses, taboo concepts and IEs kept popping up. And I'm like, do I want to touch this? <laughs> like, do I want mm-hmm. to provide, you know, support for that? And I, I said, I do, like, you know, but saying I do just really uh, put me in a position where I had to really 
reassess and question everything that I've been taught, um, mm-hmm. you know, working with um, coaches who deal with um, people in the sex industry, working with people who mm-hmm. are, you know, um, promoting microdosing. And it's something mm-hmm. that I'm so not familiar with, but mm-hmm. it kept coming up and I'm just like, okay, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it was frightening in the beginning because it's not an area that I've delved in, have been interested in, or, you know, could right. say, oh, I know about these things. So let me facilitate. Um, yeah. But it was clear that it was a space where people felt safe to come to mm-hmm. me for it. And perhaps mm-hmm. there was this making it, making topics that are taboo and uncomfortable palatable for everyone else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being like the facilitator for that where I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. but it really pushed, it really pushed me and still continues to push me because I will like, you know, I'll have, I'll see things, I'll be triggered. And I know yeah. as soon as I'm triggered or it'll, it'll bother me, I just have to sit there and reassess why am I bothered by it? What is it calling mm-hmm you know, in Mm -hmm. me. And it's like, I've literally put myself in this position where I'm constantly triggered and it's something I have to work on, but I've agreed to that because that's part of the growth process. Right. 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 There's a difference when you knowingly, you know, accept those triggers and because you know, it's going to be a growth process. And, and I, you know, I think too, it's like you, you, it's a constant, it's a constant practice in the sense that you do this work to, to gain those skills and those tools to know like, okay, I'm going into this work knowing that there are going to be triggers for me. What can I call upon in my toolkit? What are the things that I know I need to do? So I need to be able to, I need to have a full cup, right? Like I need to go and do my workout. I need to have my meditation. Mm -hmm. I need to have my me time and make sure that I am fully nourished stepping into that space or stepping into that role knowing like okay it's going to be challenging it's going to be hard but this is what I've signed up for and I know that I can do this in order to to support those people and support those spaces so um I love that I it's so inspiring to me I feel like there's there's I see a lot of myself in you and I see a lot of myself um in in you know the the same sort of work that you're doing and I just love that 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 we have connected and um speaking of that we've we've you know I had the opportunity to come on to onto your podcast recently we talked a lot about um healing through dance and you know I know that you have a number of of sort of modalities that you're exploring as far as healing and through all of your different offerings. Um, Alvi and I are going to be offering some, uh, some like playful workshops and stuff together. We're, we're in this exploration healing through, dance. through dance, healing <laughs> yeah. dance. Um, so I wonder through all of those modalities that you're exploring, you know, within your own um, processes of, of your healing journey as well, how do, how is it that you nourish your own creativity? That's still something I work on because there's still a lot Mm -hmm. of resistance to creativity because it's expression. Mm -hmm. So um, I still have a lot of fear around that because I, the work that I'm doing now, I find is so moving and so um, alarming to some people and the people I know. And I said, Mm -hmm. um, I said one time to a group of, of, of my, uh, 
I want to say my uh, peer group, that I'm only showing a fraction of the creativity that I have in my head going on, mm-hmm. like mm. tiny, tiny fraction. Yeah. Um, and I see the impact. Yeah. And so if I let go and let loose to the full extent of what I have inside of me, I'm also a bit afraid because if, if just a tiny fraction is causing this much of a ripple, what right. will the full extent of me fully expressing be like, mm-hmm. right? And this is mm-hmm. where dance comes into play. Acro yoga comes into play. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some competitive sports that I'm like, there's yeah. a lot in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, even talking about it, my heart feels like it's opening up just the yeah. thought and the ideas of it. But there's also that fear. Um, so yeah. one step was, you know, doing the dance, finding a safe yeah. place to do the dance. Um, and, you know, that helps. So to truly, it's funny because the work for me is truly the creative work. I've like the first mm-hmm. two years, I spent a lot of time investing in like marketing in you know business development courses and because I was doing work per se I call that busy work um Mm -hmm. it was it was I was getting return right but the things that I was putting off was stuff like dance exploration creativity because it didn't make Mm -hmm. sense like how is that gonna Mm -hmm improve my business but if you actually look at my Instagram profile you like there's the personal profile and the vessel of change profile and at one Mm -hmm. point I was sitting with um I hired a sales coach right so I have no problems investing in myself for business Mm -hmm. that sounds that will be legitimate like a a, you know sales coach business development Mm -hmm. strategy coach I have a hard time investing in things that bring me joy dance class, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. painting, um, singing, you know, because mm-hmm. I can't, logically, I can't justify those costs, right? right? Yeah. But it's in those areas where I would do one little thing and I have so much growth and, and just breakthroughs, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here I am spending like literally thousands on, you mm-hmm. know, marketing, uh, getting a new website. And yeah. It's just money. It's not money yeah. down the drain because there's lessons there that I have to learn, but it's less, of it's course. not, you know, I'm buying a website, but it's teaching me communication. Not, yeah. I'm not paying, I'm literally paying to learn a lesson on communication. Um, mm-hmm. And my sales course is learning, you know, when I took a <laughs> sales coaching, yes, I'm learning the, the skills to do a sales call and, and mm-hmm. close my clients, but it's really a self-worthiness issue right? Mm, so mm-hmm. it's never really a waste, but it, it's there to show me something else where I make the real yeah. progress is really in this creative zone. Um, and despite yeah. knowing that, it's still a challenge. It's hard. Yeah, I feel that. I really, really feel that. And that's, the, that's where I, I put, try to put the most work in. Um, mm, and, mm. and it's the most difficult for me. Um, and it comes from, I guess, years of really being good at repressing things. And I think when people see me, mm-hmm. they're like, but you're so animated and you're, mm-hmm. you're not, you're mm-hmm. like a social person. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, well, this is me at like one eighth of the potential yes. that I could be. So what the heck right. is it going to be like if I like turn mm-hmm. it up to a hundred? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I myself yeah. am a bit afraid of that because yeah. it requires a lot 
my life would change. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a lot of vulnerability in that. There's, you know, there's a lot of, um, it's, it's, it's that sense of like exposing yourself. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's really, it's, it's, it's heavy for a lot of us to, to, to have to do that. So, um, I think that's great. I'm I'm with you on that journey for sure. There's you just triggered this this there's a workshop that I saw that this is like this um uh therapeutic art workshop and it it like as soon as I saw it I was like, "Oh, I feel like that would be cool." And then I was like, "Well, no, you know, like it's it's I don't really need to do it or but now I'm like, "Nope." I'm going to sign up for it because it's, it's an investment that's worth it. Right. Like it's something different for me. Painting is not really something that I've ever really sort of formal. Like I've never really like taken a class or anything, but I love it. I've always loved drawing. And so I think that's what was drawing me to it. And I think that's just a different way for us to open ourselves up to that creative process to just different ways of expressing ourselves. So um, thank you for encouraging me to do that too, because that's something that I want to work on as well. So I could probably sit here and talk to you for the rest of the day, but I don't want to take up too much more time. Um, And I just really appreciate you sharing of yourself with me today, Alvi. I have one more bigger question for you, and then I like to do a lightning round at the end if you're up for it. Yeah, I'm always up for it. (laughs) Cool. Sweet. So finally, Alvi, within all of the beautiful work that you're doing and everything that you're sharing with the world, with your, your clients, now my listeners, what does being a compassionate creative mean to you? Being a compassionate creative. I think it's just really being open. Like we like to, like, I, I remember being compassionate as, as thinking of compassion as being nice to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not necessarily being nice. It's being open because sometimes we do Mm -hmm. things that we think are nice to avoid discomfort and hardship. Mm -hmm. But being compassionate is just being open and accepting that, you know, maybe the nice thing to do is not to spare someone's feelings. It's to Mm -hmm. be truthful to ourselves Mm -hmm. and to others. Mm -hmm. Compassion Mm -hmm. is not be it's not about being comfortable and not getting hurt Mm -hmm. it allows so much room for growth in that beautiful thank you all right let's go with our lightning round favorite method of self-care baths nice first thing you do to reconnect to yourself i talk to myself Nice. I love that. To show compassion means to? Have an open mind and an open heart. Nice. I feel most creative when I? Sing. Nice. Ooh, fun fact about you. And finally, authenticity is? Being secure with whatever it is whoever it is that you are not being different. You don't have to be different to be authentic, but just Mm -hmm. accepting who you are as you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Alvi. I really appreciate you being so open and honest with me and for sharing your time and your energy. Thank you so much for being with me today. And thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. 
There you have it, my beautiful, honest, vulnerable conversation with Alvi. So, so enjoyed working with her, collaborating with her, and having her on the podcast. And as we mentioned, be sure to check out her podcast, where I was recently a guest as well. Thank you so much for being here with me, my beautiful listener. I know that I haven't been putting out episodes every single week. So when I do, um, I do it with so much heart and so much gratitude that you continue to support and continue to join me. So I will be back soon with another guest episode. In the meantime, take care. Take care.